Back to the Culture Call on Praise 93.3 with L. Spencer Smith. Our desire is to reach and empower the community by discussing a cross-section of relevant topics from various perspectives that are essential to its growth and interpersonal connections. Be sure to save our call-in number 205-752-4800. Be sure to install the free Praise 93.3 app so you can send L. Spencer Smith a message or topic idea. Search for WTSK in your app store. This is the world great morning, great morning, great morning, precious people. You know what time it is. Yeah, it's time for the culture call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. That's right. This is the place where Tuscaloosa indeed meets the world. And for the next two hours, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., we're going to be talking a little bit about everything. That's right, everything from society to sports, education to economics, from religion to relationships. And as always, we are here to create a safe space. Let me reiterate that. <laughs> a safe space to have a provocative, controversial, and empowering conversation. That's right. We mix it up a lot, right? And guess what? You can call in or chat it up with us as we learn together right here on the Culture Call. Let me extend a great welcome to all of you who may be listening for the first time on the Culture Call. Welcome to the Culture Call community. We've been building it. And we've been expanding it, and you have been supporting it. Absolutely. And we could definitely not do this without you, you, and most certainly you. Thank you for being on board. You're going to have a good time today. We're going to provide you with a little bit of laughs, a whole lot of information, and definitely empowerment for our community. And if you are a a, a committed listener, yeah, consistent listener, you listen to me every day, thank you so very much for your consistency, right? Thank you that you're faithful to listening to the culture call and making it the show that it is uh, today. So we, we appreciate you, you and you. Listen, as we say every morning, just want to remind you to go ahead to your uh, app device store on your smartphone or your iPad or whatever that might be, your Apple, your Android device, and search out Praise 93.3. There you will find that we have provided you with a free 99 app. That's right. It doesn't cost a thing. That's right. Go ahead and download that on your device. And guess what? That's going to enable you to do. You can hear us from all around the world. That's right. Definitely in these United States, whether you're in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, yeah, Miami, Florida, whether you are in Dallas, Texas, New Orleans, Louisiana, are definitely right here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and the surrounding areas, Utah, Bola G, Gordo, Reform, listen, so much the name, Birmingham, definitely. We are so appreciate you listening in uh, to us on our app. Listen, want to remind you, uh, we're coming into the holiday season and we know that we've got a lot of important programming that happens in our community. Let me be a part of your marketing team. I had a meeting last night with my team and we were talking about marketing strategies uh, to get some things that we wanted to be noticed out there. Well, I'm a part of that, definitely. So here's what I want you to do. 
go ahead and send me your public service announcement or your event to culturecall.praise at gmail.com. That's culturecall.praise at gmail.com. And give me an opportunity to let everybody, like I say every morning, Lottie, Dottie, and everybody know what's happening in your organization, your church, your sorority, your fraternity. Maybe you're an artist and you're having a concert. You want people to be in the audience, don't you, to clap for you. Absolutely. Or maybe you're a business owner uh, uh, that's having a seminar and you're trying to get all the business owners together or some vendors. Yeah, we need to know what's happening. Yeah, utilize the culture call and let me let everybody know what's happening. Also, you can send me your announcements uh, on the, if you go to our social media page uh, there on Facebook, you can just click like and message me the flyer or the announcement and definitely we'll do it. We'll read it on the air and let everybody know what's happening. Absolutely. We want you want everybody to come out and put faces in the place. It makes you feel really good that when you look out in the audience or you look over your event, you see people in the audience. And we want to help you do that. Why? Because we do it better when we do it together. And as always, go ahead and write down this number, 205-752-4800-205-752-4800. And you can call in. And not only that, maybe you're not able to call in, but you can get that app and you can send me a message. That's right, directly to me and the culture call right from that app. So go ahead and do that uh, so that you can stay in touch with what, we ha- what we're saying. If you, you can tell me how I'm doing, if I'm doing a good job, if I'm stinking up the joint, <laughs> if you want what subjects you want me to cover, if I haven't covered it already, yeah. You can definitely do that uh, on that app as well. Listen, we also have the Apple Podcast. That's right. The Culture Call is on Apple Podcast now. But you can go ahead, if you have an Apple device, uh, you can go ahead and be a part of that. And go ahead and click on subscribe to Culture Call. And you can hear all of our past uh, shows. Uh, if you missed one, maybe you weren't able to hear the one on domestic violence. You weren't able to hear the one on finances or grief. Listen, we've covered the gamut. You know, the hot topic was the one on dating. There's something in the dating pool. It's on there as well. You could go ahead and get it there uh, from Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we're trying to expand to other platforms. But right now we're on Apple Podcasts. And we'd be glad for you to be a subscriber to the Culture Call show. Great. Listen, do me a favor. Sit back and relax. Grab you some coffee. You know how we do it around here. Maxwell House of Starbucks. Yeah. Go ahead and get you some herbal tea, chamomile if you're trying to come down, and green tea. A little green tea. Yeah. With a little splash of lemon. Yeah. Uh, if you're trying to get a little caffeine kick, definitely you can get some alkaline water. Mm-hmm. That's uh, 8.5 and up 9. They have it on the bottle. That's right. They normally come in black. Go ahead and detox your body. Listen. You are a temple, right? You're a temple of God, and you need to make sure that you keep your body clean. Get that uh, that alkaline water, get down to that cellular level, and let's get hydrated so that we can get into the culture. Listen, yesterday we had an amazing show, an amazing show, because we talked about resetting our community. We talked about that a lot yesterday, and uh, uh, some of you were calling in, and I couldn't figure out how to get those phones in, but I want you to call in because I want to hear from the community about the subject matter that we're talking about. Uh, we talked about in times like this, in times as we're living in now, that we need to reset our community. We need to re-engage and revitalize the community element uh, wherever we live. There's uh, four primary sides to 
uh, this city, Tuscaloosa, uh, the west side, the east side, the north side, and of course the south side. Um, and uh, there's something, activity that's going on in each of those sides of town that makes up the sum total of what is going on in our city, Tuscaloosa. And in order for us to have a, a, uh, a, a solid city, a strong city, it's contingent upon what's happening on each side of town. And each side of town is made up of particular communities, right? And it is the, it is, it's the efforts of those communities, the activity of those communities, what come out uh, comes outside of those communities that helps fuel uh, the the growth, the economic growth, the uh, the, the the civic growth, the uh, entrepreneurial growth, the health growth, the educational growth of our city. And we can't. The city cannot be a city without the vibrancy and the efficacy of each side of town doing its part. And in order for that to happen, each community, especially in the black community, has to be vibrant, has to be active. And so that's what we're talking about even now, as we see uh, the landscape of even in the south, the south region. I don't know how many of you all have been paying attention uh, to the voter voting rights, uh, the redistricting, and all of those different kinds of things that's been happening, trying to marginalize the uh, the black and minority vote in uh, certain states. Uh, North all the way from North Carolina all the way around to Texas. So you get that, wrap that in your mind. From North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas, all in that, and Florida, all in those great, those states, they're trying to, uh, disenfranchise millions of voters because there is a power uh, a power grab of that uh, uh, the, a particular uh, political party does not want to let go of. And when you think about mostly they can blame they can blame things on other areas of the country, more urban areas of the country. But when you look at it from a statistical value, uh, st- statistical standpoint, most of the southern states are in the lower tier of percentiles of growth. And that's in education, that's in health, that's in uh, uh, mortality, life, life expectancy, that's in health. Um, I think I said health, uh, uh, mortality, child mortality. Yeah, we're at the bottom. <laughs> we're at the bottom. So while they're pointing the fingers at, you know, Chicago and New York and all those different other kind of Los Angeles, please understand when you look at it in a factual sense that most of the southern states and I've been a Southerner all of my life before somebody said, well, you know, he's from up north. No, he is not from up north. I'm from a small place, a little country town called uh, Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Yeah, very few of you all know where Monk's Corner is. Yeah, I've come a country boy, yeah, from a black community. And yeah, so I know uh, that the South is always behind and always at the lowest percentiles. And and some and some points you can say it's probably strategically done. That's another conversation. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's done. And it's done because, uh, you know, those who are in power want to keep it that way because you can change it if you wanted to. But yeah, then there's that. And so one of the things that I want us to understand, especially as a black community, is that uh, they would not be trying to dissuade us from voting. They would not be trying to to diminish our vote. You know, uh, I believe what was it in uh, what's the state in Georgia alone and North Carolina, not Georgia, North Carolina alone. They begin to drop people 
uh, off the off the bat off the not the ballot off the voters registry uh, so close to an election so they can't get it repaired <laughs> right <laughs> so they can't be able to fix it in time enough to to participate in of the voting process right and that is going on a lot a lot they're dropping people for no reason no, no, let's get that clear for no reason right um i just saw where the attorney general of texas uh dropped two million at least two million voters from the rolls just disregarded them uh so that so that their power their political power his political uh party could stay in power in texas and it's happening all across the board in the southern states now why are you mentioning this uh to us when we're talking about community empowerment because it begins with the community it begins with if we're going to reverse that it's a community grassroots effort Right. That means that we have to be proactive uh, and uh, and primarily active throughout the entire year that, yeah, we cannot. You know, there is not an Obama that's going to come or rescue us. There is not this great black hope of a superstar that's going to come in and rally us. We can't disengage when it comes to uh, the local and the state level and simply vote on the on the federal level for a president, but then our, our mayors and our governors and our city council people and those who control the infrastructure of our local community, we don't even participate in because we don't, we disengage in the process. And that seems to be, or that seemingly is the, the, the kind of label of the nomenclature of the black community that if, if it's not something, if you don't keep them engaged, uh, the entire year, they have a way of pulling back and not voting in critical elections, in critical, and let me tell you, a local election is critical. Uh, a state election is definitely critical. When you understand over the years that those who won, won by a handful of thousands of votes, right? And then you look at the statistics where you see 50,000 black people didn't vote in the area. When you look at Louisiana and New Orleans, you know, they got a, a really radical uh, conservative governor there. But when you look at who participated, who participated or uh, the black participation in, uh, in particular in the election, I mean, they may have had uh, 20, 25 percent of all black people in Louisiana to participate when the state itself, especially the regions, are predominantly black, right? That just simply says that there was a disengaged communities all across the state of uh, state of Louisiana that did not participate. And then it resulted in someone winning that's not going to focus on their community or our community. And we see it time and time again that we cannot afford to disengage. We cannot afford to just pray about it. We have the, the, the scripture says that faith without works is dead. Prayer without action. Some level of action has to take place. When you pray and you have instructions, you got to do the instructions. Prayer does not alleviate you from obeying instructions. Why? Because the anointing, the power uh, is in the instruction. It is as you do what you're told to do or what your part is that you're going to see the thing turn around and uh, the power unfold. And so that's very important that we cannot disengage uh, simply because... You know, it's we, we somebody's told us, well, the vote don't matter. Anybody that tells you that obviously has not been paying attention for the last, last almost uh, uh, 60 years since we were able 
to vote, since we were fought for vote, our ancestors and our forefathers fought to to gain voting rights. If any person tells you, well, voting doesn't, you know, there's a there's a small group of people in the world in the state that does such and so forth. So you going to the poll don't matter. That is ludicrous. That is asinine. That does not make any sense at all. That it really doesn't. It does not. That it is your vote, your participation, and what is happening on every level that a lot of times changes uh, the whole situation. Listen, black folks, we got to learn how to vote more than just for the pastor, right? That when a new pastor is getting ready to be elected into a church, we, we got to learn more than to use the vote just to vote him out and or to vote him in. That's We got to do that. We have to see the power of our vote beyond that religious context and see that when we begin to exercise our voices and rally our communities, uh, fortify and strengthen them, yeah, and call those people to the carpet and say, hey, what are you going to do for our side of town? What are you going to do here? What are you going to do for our children? What are you going to do to make our streets safer? What are you going to do to make our streets better? Yeah, we've been dealing with the same pothole for the last five years, and you've been elected you know, uh, in, in those five years, and you've not come back over here to see how you can improve our streets since we voted you in the first time. Why should we vote you in again? And some people don't even come to our communities. Why? Because they, they know already that we're not going to vote for them, or better yet, we're not going to participate in the process. We've got to begin to change that whole idea. We've got to begin to take up our own power and our own agency and begin to select those and appoint those who will be the accurate voice for helping our community. If you're not going to help our community, if you're not going to bring our community to the uh, the table of policymaking and decision brokering, then guess what? Then you are not the persons or pe- pe- person or people that we need in office. And we're going to change that out. We have that kind of power. Yes, we do. We have that kind of power, right? And so when we think about that, today, I want to talk a little bit about uh, identifying power brokers in our community and give you an understanding of what that means, what that looks like, right? When we talk about power brokering, power brokering, um, let me get that right, power brokering, there we go, right? When we talk about that, guess what? We're identifying those who lead, those who have the voice, those who have their hands on the pulse of not just the community, but also what is happening outside of the community. I believe that leadership is the key to access and the future. And so that means in every community, there will arise leaders and people in from our from our area uh, who are, we are familiar with, who has a track record, proven track records of standing up for our community, who has a voice in our community and our city, who's uh, who's coming in to be an active participant in our communities and who is encouraging us to participate in the process, that they're not in the in the community. I don't think they're a power broker if they're in the community trying to dissuade you from giving up your power of the vote, from dissuading, dissuading you for don't go to city council meetings. Yeah, I don't think that that person is a power broker. 
I think they are the ones that go to the city council meeting. They're the ones that go to to meet the mayor. They're the ones uh, that goes to the, the school board meetings and the PTA meetings to hear what is going on so that they can bring the information back to our communities when we're not able to go or they, they uh, cause us and center us around particular levels of information whereby we can make a, uh, a concerted and an informed decision on what needs to happen in our community and from our community to our cities. That makes sense, doesn't it? Right, Coach? I know it does. And so, again, you know, uh, when I first moved here, uh, and even before then, I met several power brokers within the community, pastors and community leaders and entrepreneurs and uh, those who were, you know, on our side of town. You know, we don't, we only have one mayor, <laughs> right? And it was uh, Al DuPont when I first moved here. Uh, and now it's not Walt Maddox, but, you know, various sections of of town had various mayors. You know, uh, my wife and my, my, my family and love lived in Holt, Alabama, and they were called, you know, uh, Miss Lizzie Mae Hannah, <laughs> Lizzie Mae Lyles Hannah. They call her the mayor of, of Holt. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, they would call her that because you know everywhere. Every time I had I showed up at something that was at the courthouse or any kind of rally, there she was, uh, a dark skinned frail woman. But she, her voice was she made her voice known for her side of the community, and she passed away in 2018. Yeah, and there was something vibrant that left that community when she passed away. Why? Because she was what I would consider a power broker in her community, in the whole community. Absolutely, right? When you think about uh, the, uh, the late, great Bishop Ernest Palmer, who was working in education and all those different kinds of things, rallying, being a part of civic organizations. And he would call me on the phone when I uh, when I was a younger pastor. I'm still young. <laughs> when I was a younger pastor, say, hey, Smith, I need you to come to this here. This is going on. Come, come out of that church. Get out of your office. Get out of that pulpit and come and sit in this meeting and just be quiet and listen, <laughs> right? And he would call me and I would show up to these meetings and be like, why am I here? He said, didn't I tell you be quiet and just listen? Listen to what's happening. Listen to what's coming into our city. Listen to what who are, who's doing the talking and, and where the money is going, right? When you have people like that, when you have uh, entrepreneurs like Reverend Rilikai Jones that own the bookstore uh, downtown where uh, a lot of black churches got their religious supplies from in communion. Yeah. All of those, the EKH. Yeah. Bookstore, Christian bookstore. Yeah. That's a power broker. People who have their hands on the post of community. And, you know, I could list a whole lot. And I'm just talking about from since I've been here. And many of you have known a lot of these people from various sides of town uh, who we consider to be power brokers that when they came back to give us information, our ears perked up and we listened because we knew that they were engaged uh, in what was happening. Now we have uh, new power brokers that are rising. We have uh, our, our the demographic of our city council, Councilman Cassius Lanier. We have uh, Raven Howard. We've got uh, Reverend Matthew Wilson. We've got all those people in particular areas. We've got uh, uh, Erica Bryant, uh, who's who's on the school board. We got a lot of people who are doing great things in our community, and I would consider them power brokers. They, they you you see them everywhere. Even when you can't be there, they are there representing your community. Here is the thing: we cannot utilize our power brokers, or worse yet, 
uh, just befriend them. We've got to get information uh, 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 from them and even information to them so they know how to represent our community, that they can do their job on another level, their jobs on another level, because they have an ear to the community, but also the community has to develop an articulation, a vocabulary, a language by which we learn how to communicate with our power brokers. And not just to say them, you've got Romel Gibson, who's working with Habitat for Humanity. You've got, you know, uh, 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 Rodney Pelt, who's with Mind Changes. You've got a whole lot of people who are power brokers in our community that you definitely, definitely need to know who they are and not only who they are, but what they represent. And that's how we're going to begin from our black communities to shape the future. And again, I hate calling out names, uh, but I wanted you to see that, yeah, we've got people working, pastors and leaders. Uh, we've got people who are feeding the community. We've got people who are educating the community, principals and, and things of that nature. Yeah, we cannot be disconnected and just use their status to say, oh, look at them. We've got people on the board. No, we need to learn how to parlay their positions into better for our communities. You see what I'm saying? That we need to, at some point, put pressure, yeah, positive pressure on them to say, hey, this is what we need. Here's what, here's what's going on. We need some funds channeled here. That's how they're, that's how they're building a new, uh, uh, YMCA on the West side because there are power brokers that said, hey, we deserve better in our community. And what I want to challenge us with today is to begin to understand. Now, I, these people, uh, we, we suffered a little bit of gap because when the older ones passed away who were engaged in their community, it took us a minute to rally new leadership in our community. This is the time to identify prime leadership in our community. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back that act like they don't hear. <laughs> right? This is a time that we need to rally prime leadership and power brokers in our communities. I told you yesterday, 2024 is going to be a very pivotal year. Yes, 2024 is going to be a very uh, pivotal political year, uh, a very uh, p- pivotal economic year, a very pivotal educational year a very pivotal religious year. Yeah, it's going to be a whole lot of that. Why? Because as one guard leaves, yeah, G-U-A-R-D, as one guard leaves the scene, yeah, as they retire or as they are deceased, then there has to be another that raises up that can continue the work. Part of the problem of the civil rights movement is that after Martin Luther King and Medgar Evers and all of those uh, instrumental people passed away, there seemed to be a lull because we had experienced some level of affluence and advancement uh, from our community in this experiment called Americana. And and there weren't prime voices. Once Malcolm X left the scene and once all of that, it was just left up to, you know, Jesse and, and then Sharpton. And we are so highly critical of our leaders. Yes, we are so, let me, listen, I was going to save this for the next, uh, the next half. You know what? I will. We are so, but let me just put it here. We are so highly critical of our leaders in the black community that you don't see, you don't see a lot of people, 
you know, a lot of other communities criticizing their leadership that's doing the best. I believe that those leaders who are, they are, they are men and women just like we are, and they come with nuances and idiosyncrasies just like we do. But their heart is for the community, and we need to support them. We need to support them. You know, there was a lot when when President Barack Obama uh, was running, there were a lot of black people that are oh, black man can't win. Black man. Yeah. If you believe that, then we will never advance. And our, our community needs to change its skepticism and its criticism. And, and I'm not saying not to be, you know, critiques or critics of of, you know, people in terms of what they're doing, but not who they are as, as a person. But if we become so much critics and never be constructionists, never be those who build anything, we always have complaints. If that becomes the sum total of who we are in our community, then no power brokers will arise. They will be like, no, I'm not doing it because as soon as you put your name in the hat, as soon as you become prevalent, and uh, as soon as you come out in the forefront, the, the knives, not from other communities, not from the white, Hispanic, Asian, from our own community. We do a lot of crucifying our own and it hinders us from really building and advancing. Right. You're not there is not going to be a black superhero that comes rescue us. We don't have a Superman in the wing. So all we got is each other and what comes from us. Right. And if we would learn how to identify the power that is among us and support each other, then our communities will be stronger. Our voice will be greater. Our cities will give us more room at the table. And when that happens, we're going to see that some things change critically in our own communities because people will have to pay attention to where the power is. Listen. This is the Culture Call this morning, and this is yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. Having a great day. We're going to have a great conversation about identifying power brokers. That's right. Keep it right here. Don't miss it. This is the world And we are back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, Praise 93.3 FM. And we are having a wonderful conversation on a very beautiful day talking about identifying power brokers within our community. That's so very important. Who are the movers and shakers and how do we support them? Why are they necessary and how can we utilize the power broking to un- to move toward a greater future? You know, power brokering can be negative and positive. There are people in the community, you know, and not necessarily in our community, but there are people who use power in their influence to a negative vantage point. And uh, they get away with a lot of things. They take kickbacks and all these different kinds of things uh, to line their own pockets and to increase their own uh, their own tills and and, you know, uh, arsenals while the community goes under, you know. And uh, I think that that is very a negative connotation of the word power broker or the phrase uh, power broker uh, when it comes to that. I believe that if you are a true person who has the community at heart, you're an activist, you're concerned about, you know, the total welfare of everybody in the community uh, from from the wino to 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 the grandmama. If you're concerned, you're concerned about every aspect of the community being better and you have positioning and access to uh, people who can make decisions on behalf of the community, 
then I recognize you as a power broker, right? And it doesn't matter your walk of, of life. You can be a, a, a person who, you know, who's a preacher. You can be a librarian. You can be someone who is a, a garbage collector. It doesn't matter. You could, you know, the one, the man who checks the water meter. You could be that person. Yeah. But if you have access to people uh, that can get change done in our community, I consider you to be a power broker. You know, every community has a structure, whether that's formal or informal. And that's what I was telling you about when I first came here uh, in the Hope community uh, that we had what they call Miss Miss Lizzie May. <laughs> they called her the mayor of, of Hope. And I used to laugh at it. I was like, hey, why? Why y'all call her that? Because, and they said, hey, because she knows everything was going on downtown. She takes with our concerns. She does X, Y, Z. She lets us know what's happening. All of that. All of that. And so even though that's an informal kind of uh, of structure. It's a structure indeed because, you know, it may not be nobody may have elected her. She may have not run against anybody for that position, you know, uh, in a, in a civic or local election, but it is what the community deems to be viable and valuable. And so, uh, she held that position, you know, uh, th- and that's important that we understand that every community has to have structure, whether that structure is formal or informal, right? Uh, when I grew up in, in Monk's Corner, there were people who were power brokers there. That when you mention it in our community, when you mention their names, things moved. Absolutely. I mean, you, I mean, listen, too many to name it. I went to school in a, a smaller place than Monk's Corner called Cross. Cross had a power structure, right? Had a, you know, power brokers, Miss Corrine Anderson. Uh, you could, you could call her and she would know everything. You know, certain people in the city, you know, uh, had stores. That, I mean, I'm not talking about people who were politicians. I'm talking about people who had influence. Let me say that again. I'm not talking about people who were politicians. I'm talking about people who had influence that could help us make significant decisions that will affect the community. That whenever something went on, that they were the voice that showed up at the meetings and spoke up for our communities, right? And I think that that's very important, that they understood the community. They knew who the people in the communities were. They knew the needs of the community. They knew the weaknesses and the strengths of the people and the institutions of the communities. They knew how to parlay with the pastors and the churches and the uh, uh, the Masonic orders. They knew how to do all of that and rally them together and speak to them and say, hey, I want to know your concern. I'm about to go to this meeting. Uh, I need to know X, Y, Z of ABC. Is there anything you want me to say to them on behalf of of this community tell me what you see see that's a person who is a power broker not somebody who's just gonna that's glad to be at the table but never bring anything to the table never say anything when they're at the table and that's just frustrating you're just there you're just getting awards and all this but nothing is changing that is not a power broker no you're mooching off of the community uh, of recognition and we don't need another one of those uh kinds of people representing our community uh, in Tuscaloosa and anywhere. If you're listening to me anywhere, you don't need anybody like that sitting up at the table who just glad to be at the table but making no change while they're at the table. We don't need that kind of person. Absolutely not.
We need a person that understands the community structure. Yeah. What, who makes up your community, right? Who are the elderly in your community? What, what are the churches in your community? Yeah. Um, not just the influential big ones, but who are the small ones that are doing uh, good work, but they don't have that recognition? Who are they? Who are those leaders there? Yeah. Who are the teachers in your community? Who are the entrepreneurs in your community? That's right. You need to figure out who is the, 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 you know, is there a neighborhood association? You know, who are the people who are the movers and the shakers? Right. Uh, that's important. Who's the principal uh, in that community? Have, have they seen you? Do they do they know your face? You know, uh, th- before we allow people just to say, I'm a power broker in the community. What what does that even mean? What does that what does that even mean? Right. Uh, one of the things that I, I I wanted to do, even for our own personal ministry this year, is to partner because I think partnerships uh, create power structures. Right. That there again, as I said, I didn't just name one person, but I name a group of people that collectively move together to get things done for various communities. You know, and I, I said to some of my teachers and some people who had influential positions, I want to be a, a voice in our community. I want to be a, I want to a gain a greater voice. I want to be a part of it. And I know that I'm not homegrown here, right? I know that I'm from South Carolina, but I've been here long enough to be able to parlay. So I started going around and meeting principals and, and being a part and doing certain things um, because, you know, people thought I was this elusive figure, which, which I was not. Um, a, a lot of what I did tra- caused me to travel nationwide. I mean, that's just kind of what my ilk has been even since I graduated from college that I've, I've traveled more. I've been more uh, national than local. Uh, but it has been what has impressed upon my heart to get into the local setting, to be a voice. And, you know, part of the reason why I enjoy being on the radio every day is to inform the community about what's happening, especially our community. Right. Who what's going on? Who are the stakeholders? Right. What businesses are in your community? What would you like to see developed? Right. Who are those in in, in place that, yes, that we can send, that have the charisma, have the personality, have the connections, that know uh, how to be a people person. Because if you're going to be a power broker, that's not some kingpin. Uh, that's not some lofty person that nobody can touch. Uh, no, but they can sit at the table and they can articulate. They'll they'll sit in your home. They'll come by and talk to you and your families, and they'll come by your churches and say whatever you know, and 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 begin to hear your concerns and take those concerns. And 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 meet people at the table and say, hey, this is what we need to see done, right? That they have particular connections. I think it's important for us to recognize that. What I was saying in the last segment is uh, is that one part of part of what we have to do is lose our critique of each other so that we will not fear. Uh, taking place or uh, taking our particular places within our communities to better them, right? There are a lot of people that don't do a lot of things or don't become or seek to become power brokers or those who are influential because they don't want our community to, to talk about them. That, I mean, that's just the facts, you know? Uh, no, nah, I just, let me, let me just stay right here. I'll just do what I do. And I don't want nobody to, you know, I don't want recognition. And but see, here's the deal: 
a power broker doesn't want recognition, but they understand they have to be recognized. Let me say that again. A power broker is not someone that's seeking recognition, but they are somebody or someone that knows that in order to get things done, they must be what? Recognized. Does that make sense? Absolutely. They have to be recognized because who wants a power broker that everybody ignores? Who wants a power broker that doesn't have a powerful voice? Who can't get things done? That does not know, don't have any words, you know, when it comes time for them, when they say it's your turn to speak and they have no words. Who wants that? That's not a power broker. No, I want someone representing our community. Yeah, that when it's their time to speak up, they speak up and they're articulate. They know what to say. They know what to do. They know how to think. They know how to strategize. And not only that, they know how to push back. They know how to give the alternative positioning and the alternative perspective of our communities. Because a lot of times, the people that make decisions that affect our communities are not from our communities. Yeah, that's why I think diversity on the city council as it is now is a great thing. Right. But diversity is not enough if that diversity, those people who represent us are going to be sitting at the table or on the board and they're mute. They don't say anything. They don't stand for anything. So when, when you when you want to move and understanding with power broking, power brokering, rather, that the whole idea is, yeah, I'm not doing this for recognition, but I must be recognized. And why? Because I've got people standing on my shoulder. I've got people depending on my voice and my mind and my perspective. I've got people depending on the access that I have gained. And I need the people who I sit with to to recognize that I am here. Right? And so, yeah, it's not that person to say, recognize me, recognize me, or, or, you know, hallelujah to my name, glory to to me. That's not what, (laughs) that's not a power broker at all. No. No, that's someone that has a narcissistic complex and they need some help. (laughs) But the power broker says, well, since I have been recognized and since I am doing this work and since I have this access, then yes, I must be recognized on behalf of my people. I need to be recognized on behalf of those who I represent. Culture call, don't that make sense? I mean, yeah. Who who wants a a, a a mayor of our community and they go to the meeting and nobody recognizes them or they don't stand up and raise their hand and lift up their voice? No, I want the person to be recognized. I want when they clear their throat that 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 something comes out that is representative of what we would like to see. And I want us to be mindful of that as these new people raise up. Yeah. Now, they may not be the Martin Luther King and the Ralph Abernathy and the Malcolm X versions of that you remember from times gone by. They may not be the Jesse Jacksons of times gone by. They come from the, uh, their own different, uh, uh, on different backgrounds. They might represent the hip hop culture. Yeah. But they have a voice. Uh, they, they may not represent your religious affiliation. They may not be Baptist ministers or, or, or Methodist ministers or Pentecostal ministers. Yeah. Uh, they may be ministers from the, from the nation of Islam. They may be someone that does not practice faith, but they have a heart for the community like you do. 
And so we've got to gain a wide range of understanding of who will be raised up. And we cannot criticize them back into the cave of of anonymity. We cannot criticize them to the point to where we tear them down. And by the time they do get up, that we are late, last, and lost. We missed an ap- uh, opportunity for access. We missed an opportunity for uh, uh, for economic change. We missed an opportunity for political uh, movement. Yeah, we missed that opportunity because those who were raised up, we disqualified them even before they got their legs under their feet. We've got to change the way in our communities that we do that. Absolutely. We've got to change that. Yeah, definitely. We've got to change that. And it may not be somebody who you know, watch this, and it may not be somebody who you are familiar with or who you like, right? Because sometimes we cannot like people and don't even know folks. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that that's, that's not, you know, that's not black folks, uh, simply black folks issue, but that's just humans, that we can have issues with people, you know, that we've never met that we've never really sat down and talked to. We've never even shook their hands. They don't even know who we are. And and we, 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 we you know, we upset with them. We, I just don't like them. Do you know them? No, I ain't never met them before. Well, how can you not like them? Duh. <laughs> how, can, how can you put yourself in that kind of position of not liking them and you don't even know them, right? These people, there are young decision makers. There are young people that who have voices, who are who who we need uh, as energy in the movement, in pushing our uh, communities forward. Absolutely, young men and women who are articulate, who are educated, who have their their hands on the pulse of the streets. Yeah. That they may not come from out of church, but they're on the streets and they're just as much a part of the community as anybody else. Right? That that we have to allow them and give them our community as a platform to speak for us. Not, not for self-aggrandizement, but to say, hey, my people on this side of town, we have this perspective. We have this kind of need. How come there's no playgrounds? How come the lighting in our side of town? How come we are over-policed but under-entrepreneurially developed? Yeah, I mean, yeah, what? Wh- why? Why haven't we done anything about the blighted houses and the torn? Yeah, there are people that we need to say, hey, you go and talk to these folks. You go and connect because that's what it's going to take in a country, in a state that would literally love to change your history and to tell you, you cannot even talk about your history. You can't, don't do it. You know, I said it before, a lot of my friends who are in education in the state of Florida are retiring early because no, they said before I tell a lie, before I get up in front of the, uh, of my children to have black, brown and faces and, and lie to them, you know, and tell them this was the situation when I know it wasn't, then before I do that, you know, before I give them this twisted alternate perspective on history, I would rather retire. I would rather retire. I would rather just remove myself before I be disingenuous to our children. And that's happening all over the South, all over the country, really. 
that there is a populace of people that's trying to rewrite history because they don't like their place in it. They don't like their ancestors' place in it. You know? And and the saying goes that those that don't know history are doomed to repeat it. That in some instances would love to repeat it. The new speaker of the house has just said that they would love to get back to the 1800s. Do you know who black folks were in the 1800s? Do, do you know what we were doing in this country? And for you to say that, how can you represent? It's the people's house. How can you represent all of the people? I don't care about your political reformation, but 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 how can you say that? about all of the people that you represent. See, we don't need any people like that in our in our communities. We need people who will speak up for everybody in the community. Before we give them the power of our community to speak on our behalf, we need to know that what they are dedicated to, that everybody in our community is valuable. Absolutely. Listen, I want to hear from you, Culture Call, 205-752-4800. Listen, this is the Culture Call with yours truly, Elspin Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. If you got more to go, keep it right here. Get your little drink, hydrate, and don't miss it. This is the world And we are back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, Elspin Smith, Praise 93.3. And we are having... A marvelous day. Yeah, a marvelous day in the city. And I'm praying that wherever you're listening to me from, that it's marvelous for you too. That's right. You know you're able to create your day. Speak over your day. That's right. Don't say so many negative words. You know, it's the top of the hour right here, 11 a.m. and some change. And we are having an amazing time of conversation and dialogue uh, on the culture call. And I'm praying that those of you who are listening are really engaged with our topic, which is resetting our community. Resetting our community. That is so very important. Every day, every day I deal with someone that's saying, hey, uh, Bishop, how can we do X, Y, Z? How can we parlay this? And I'm mainly an advisor. <laughs> I tell them I am not a politician. Now, I can write your political speech and I can give a speech, but I'm <laughs> I'm not someone that will run for office. That's just not my wheelhouse. Um, but but I believe that I could I could train I could identify those who should be <laughs> absolutely um, because yeah we need more of those in our community more politicians more uh, not just teachers but those who know teachers lawyers and doctors not just those uh, and entrepreneurs but we need those who can get into you know city governments and you know speak up and to understand what policy look like looks like and and to advance our communities it's so very 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 important very important you know our city is cut up into districts um tuscaloosa is tuscaloosa city is and it, they're represented by people and you need to know who those people who represent you in your particular district right uh, because they are responsible uh for change and creating transformation wherever you are so sometimes you can be mad at the wrong people, but these folks, they're not even in your district and you need to know who they are. Listen, uh, I want to remind you uh, to make sure that you are active in your city government, your city council meetings. Uh, I need to make sure that you are active knowing who your district uh, leader is, your district councilman, council person is. Uh, you need to make sure that you know who they are. 
Uh, you need to make sure that you know what's happening. I told you a couple of months ago that whenever you see orange cones all around the city, don't get upset. I know it's going to be inconvenient, but they are improving infrastructure. And whenever they begin to improve in- infrastructure, it's a sign not that something is on its way, but they have already determined something and they need to make a, uh, a, a particular area of transit or ways of transit to get whatever they've already built that you can't currently see or they've already decided to build to you, to the populace, how it can get to you and you can get to it. When they're building uh, roads around certain things, they're trying to alleviate traffic because of what they're intending to bring, right? So you got to pay attention. Yeah, you have definitely got to pay attention to your surroundings and know who is making, or at least at the table, making the decisions on behalf of our community. That's so very, very important. Uh, another aspect that I want to bring out is when we talk about power brokering is that how we begin to uh, not just select and elect, but also how we begin to create forums and situations to where we become a part of their decision making process. In other words, not just conversations that we meet them in the store or they come by, drop by a meeting, but know that we have intentional intensives. Let me say that again. Intentional intensives with our leaders so that, that we can be a part of strategizing for our community, not just giving what we would like to see. And for most of our communities, that's where it stops and starts. But in other communities, they have what they call intentional intensives. In other words, they make that council person or whoever represents them on any kind of board or the power brokers from that community call that person in and say, hey, we need to meet with you a couple of days and not at Longhorn. We need a couple of days to sit down and talk to the constituents of your community so that when you get to your meetings, that you know what to say or that you can give us an opportunity and tell us when these meetings are going on so that we may have a voice there. You have to do that because, again, there are people that are pulling on and vying for that person's attention. Who sits on the board, who may be the mayor, who may be the councilman, who may be whatever, the alderman in some areas, depending on where you are what they call them, you know, uh, the, the ward chairman, different awards and all that kind of thing, right? That, that they are being pulled in a multiplicity of directions. And sometimes, sometimes those directions don't come from people who live in those communities. Absolutely. That's why you see in a lot of cities that's gentrification. Well, because people who are trying to get into your community are pulling on these people and offering them things, offering them monies, offering them prime this and that in order to be able to garner positioning, you know, within your community. And the next thing you know, your community looks different. Prices go up and they're trying to move you out. Well, how did that happen? Well, that happened because somebody outside of your community saw the value within your community and they utilized that person who is supposed to be representing your district and or your community 
And the next thing you know, you turn around and boom, they got a swath of houses that they're tearing down, right? And that is because there is no intentional intensive with the person who represents your community from the people of the community, from the power brokers. That's why it's important because the power brokers can say, hey, you know, sister city, city councilwoman, we need a couple of days to meet with you, you know, just a couple of hours. We need you to block that off because the XYZ community wants to meet with you. And we want to share some things with you that we see, that we would like to see happen, right? And you got to make sure that they keep that. Yeah, no, you tell us when you are available because we don't want you to cancel the meeting because you're, you know, no. That's a part of holding their feet to the fire to make sure that you are heard, that each community is heard. So you have to call, call them in and say, hey, hey, we attended a meeting and we saw you up on the meeting and you didn't say nothing for our community. You know, now we've been businessmen in our community, business owners in our community for the past 15, 20 years. And we've been saying that we need our streets done and we need better lighting. You know, yeah, we, we need all this. We need something done about XYZ, about the crime in our neighborhood, about the drugs in our neighborhood, whatever the situation may be. We need more child care in our community. We need more this and that. And we don't feel like you, you, you sat up there and I've been to the, to the meeting a month or so and you've not said anything about the concern. No. See, that's unacceptable. You need to be, to call that person. Come on in. Let's get an understanding real quick that you are there by the power and the permission of the people. Let me say it again. You are in that seat by the power and the permission of the people. And we expect that when you get to this meeting and it gets to conversations about our side of town, that you open your mouth and you speak what our community needs. That's what a power broker is. The power broker is not the person that sits on the board. The power broker is the person that calls that person on the board in and say, hey, we're not pleased. And we might need to find another candidate that can run against you, that can primary you or whatever the situation is, because you're not representing us properly. You hear me, Coach? Call. That's what that is. We need to find somebody that can that can talk up for us, that can speak up for us, that can say, hey, we would love to see a library on this side of town. What's the cost? What's, what is that going to, what is that? You know, they've get, they're getting things on other sides of town. How can we can't ever get anything on our, you know, that that's how you build your community. You call them in and say, hey, come, come, close, come, come here. I want to take you out to lunch. But we need to we need to have a meeting. Uh, you know, yeah. See, because if you don't, if we don't begin to hold people who are elected responsible, right? That there will be others that comes in our community, and if sooner sooner or later, our communities won't look like our communities. And I'm gonna leave that right where I put that. Our communities will become high cost, more expensive, and then we have to move out to the country areas. In the less urban areas with less utilities, less, uh, uh, you know, not uh, the infrastructure, the roads are not good, but that's all we can afford. And that's a lot. A lot of that is happening. I saw a lot of that happen after the tornado came through and monies were allocated. And I began to watch because I'm a student 
of, of civic government. I'm a student of, you know, I just, I, I like to watch to see how things advance. I'm seeing the things that they put on certain sides of town. I'm seeing the infrastructure. Yeah. I'm watching where they're building the banks. I'm watching where they're putting new schools. You, you see, I'm watching all of that. Some things are not done in the name of growth. Some things are done in the name of avoidance. Let me say that again, say that again, because y'all didn't hear what I just said. Some things are not done in the name of growth. They're done in the name of avoidance. And it is not everybody in, you know, is not looking out for your side of the community. They're looking out for their own community. Absolutely. And so I'm, I, I sat and watched where restaurants were being built, where new businesses were coming, where new apartment complexes were being built. I watched where they started and I also watched where they stopped because that was important as well. That says, that says something very clearly about where it stops and where it starts. Absolutely. Very important. And you need to, you need to pay attention to all of those things. All of that is very important because that tells you what their folk, where they start and where they stop tells you what they value, who, what they deem to be important or viable for the direction that they were going. You know? Years ago, my wife and I were going to Memphis and we went there for a particular concert, a recording, I believe. And we just noticed everything well, as we were traveling through this side of Memphis, which was a, a, a you know, a good side of Memphis, you know, uh, quasi affluent. It was, you know, up and coming. And every building was the same color. The McDonald's was the same color as the Wendy's. I mean, their signage were was kind of different, but there weren't any bright colors. There were no colors coming. And... And we were like, wait a minute, why is, you know, they got these new, you know, sleek, everything was monochromatic. Everything looked like, you know, this little, you know, I want to say prison gray, because I don't think prison is gray. But there was just this, you know, like someone had turned on a black and white television. And we were like, you know, I asked the person from the city, I was like, what's going on? It's like, listen, these city council people, they went around to various areas in the country and they saw this one city that they liked and everything was uniformed. Everything was the same color. It was sleek and all of that different kind of thing. There was no, there was, you know, you had to know the difference. Everything was, and I was like, that's boring. You know, where's the signage? No, they're trying to do this. You see, th this is what I'm saying. And I was like, well, you, you, y'all voted for this? Listen, and they said they were doing it before we even knew it. Say that again, L. They were doing it. Before we even knew it, one day we had a, 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 a road, a thoroughfare full of colorful buildings, restaurants. And then the next day we saw everything, you know, and, and when I say next day, that's hyperbole. It, it took a little bit longer. But next couple of months, we saw everything kind of washed to a, a, a gray or neutral color. All the businesses did that and they changed their signage. And it was like, yeah, that's what we had. I was like, what? in the world is going on here and that 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 happened right under their community and before they knew it they had changed the infrastructure and everything in that community unbeknownst unbeknownst to the people that actually lived there 
And what I don't want to see is that happen to our community. That there is something that moves in or some force that moves in or some uh, uh, political, you know, ideas that have moved in to change the nuances of that which belongs to our community. Yeah, that everything reflects a certain, you know, mindset, a certain monochromatic, you know, mindset. And if we don't know how to parlay the agency and the power and the influence from our different communities, we're going to be late lasting long because money is currency. It's always flowing. See, at the base root of everything, there is a particular economy that either supports it or does not. Look at things. That's right. There's there's money that supports, you know, it's it's amazing. We can find money for war in this country, but can't find money to alleviate student debt. Yeah. You and I'm talking about and I'm talking about money's thirteen billion. I'm talking about the bees. I mean, <laughs> You can find money to do that, but you can't relieve the pressure of the people in your own country. And so you have to start asking what is at stake. Well, it's capitalism. It's an economy somewhere. And that's something that we need to understand also in our community, that capitalism fuels a lot of our communities, our cities, our states, and definitely this country. This is a capitalistic society. So what does that mean? Everything... Hear me, y'all. Everything can be for sale. If it makes money, it makes sense. If it doesn't make any money, it doesn't make any sense in this country. See, ultimately, the ultimate color is green. You're talking about black and white, but the true red and yellow, It the ultimate color that controls what goes on is green. And you've got to know that. That's factual. And so how how are we to make sure that our communities get their appropriate amount of green, that financials, financial infrastructures, economic, you know, access and opportunity literally flows into our communities. And we know what our who our communities are. We know where they are on each side of town. We know that it, what, what the base of each of our communities are. But how is that money flowing? How is that money flowing? How does it get there? Absolutely. And how can we get our portion of it? Who are the people that goes to that table and say, hey, this is what we need? That's your power brokers. Who are the entrepreneurs? Who are the, you know, those who are influential and says, hey, 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 they just gave us this grant in the state. And they just allocated allocated this to our city. What part of that is for our community? What part of this billions of dollars or millions of billions, what part of that is going to fuel our community? Well, no, no, no. Well, I didn't ask for water. I asked for, I'm not looking for water in a well. I'm talking about what part of this fuels our community? What's our part of this, all this and money? Well, we, you know, we, we're going to put up some new signs. Signs? You're going to put up new signs on ragged roads. You're going to put new signs on, des- uh, you know, uh, streets that ain't been paved in the last couple of decades. That's what you're going to do. That you're going to put new, new that you're just going to put new signs on to show people where are this, 
where 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 a, a blighted dysfunctional community is, that that's what you're gonna do. We don't get no new lights. We don't get no new roads. We don't get no new buildings. We don't get no new community centers. We don't get you know uh, uh, any of the infrastructure that shows that we are a vibrant community. We don't get any of that. All we get is new signs. Really? Right? And power brokers said absolutely not. We want our portion. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Because what power brokers say, here's the deal, y'all. What power brokers say, I tell you what, if if we don't if we don't get our portion of the money, whoever's sitting in that chair won't be sitting in the next election cycle. Huh? If we don't get this situation over here, because I went over on the other side of town and they're getting restaurants, they're getting the paved streets, double, double, you know, double lane highways, triple lane highways. They got all of the niceties over there that's well lit and all is well kept and clean. Yeah. And we can't get all we getting is a new sign. Right. OK, I tell you what, if we can't get our if we can't get at least a fair shake on this side of town. We may not be able to get a, 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 the same level of economic support and financial mo- the financial amount of money on that another side of town gets, but we ain't, no we no no maybe you're not the person that needs to sit in that seat because we need somebody who's willing to go to bat for our community and that's what power brokers make sure happens. That's what they do. That's right. They begin to to look at where the money is flowing, right? They begin to say, okay, where do we need to channel the, the, our economic base? They begin to talk about, they, they're the ones that go and announce to the community, listen, and if we get them to build this, then get your children in order. Get yourself together because we're not going to have them build this new building and your children come in and tear it up. Listen to me. That's why a lot of people are afraid of community investment in black communities because there is some sort of mindset that if you put this prime building or prime business in black communities, that black youth are going to tear it up. It's going to go to waste. And we need to dispel that because that's not true. But then we also need to look at the realities of what happens in our communities and tell and tell our children, listen, uh, yeah, we are not going to tolerate this. You're, you're, you're not going to go out here and sell drugs at our new building, at our new YMCA. No, you're not going to do that. You're at our new park. You're not going to be there fighting and shooting up. That You're not going to do that. Power brokers call the community in and say, here is our responsibility to what we say we wanted. That's what power brokers do. They call them in. Whether it's a whether you call them in at a church or 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 or, or you know a lodge hall or whatever this it doesn't even matter the location. Here is what we will tolerate. We will yes, we're going to police our community, but we will also I'm gonna tell you right now we're gonna partner with law enforcement. And if any of you all are found being one that is destructive in our communities, we're not hiding you out so you can continue to be construct destructive. We ain't hiding you. We won't sell you out, but we ain't hiding you out either. Absolutely not. Because everybody has a responsibility to that community. We will not tolerate this in our community. 
We will not have drug sales in our community. We will not have trafficking in our community. We will not have prostitution and all these different kinds of deleterious things that devalue the, the community over here. Not when we are trying to make sure that we gain access to funding to build our community. We're not going to let anybody. I don't care if Junebug and Popo and all these other kind of people. I don't care if, no. You're not acting like family. You want me to act like family when it's time to cover up. But you're not act, acting like family when it's protecting our community. No, this is a two-way street. And we all have a responsibility to primarily invest in our community. Absolutely. And culture call, we need to begin to demand that. And I don't care if it's a small, if it's the smallest community in Bology. Right. If, if, if it's the smallest community wherever we are, it does not matter. Not to me, not, no. If you are a part of this community, Listen, you need to talk to all, get the gang people together and say, hey, y'all better figure out something. Figure it out. Because this is our community. You don't own no territory. No, figure it out. Because as we champion for new things to come into our community, you, your reign and your this is going to become going to have to become less viable. You're going to have to find another place to take this. Because these people are not going to invest millions of dollars on our in our community, on our side of town, only for you to tear it up. They're not going to do that. And so there has to be inter intra community uh, 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 community conversations as well, that the power brokers get everybody in the community to come out. And we talk about matters that affect our longevity. I told you that at the end of the day, it's about M-O-N-E-Y. Isn't that what, isn't that what the OJ says? Money, 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 money. <laughs> right? That's what they say. Money. That's what they said. That's and it's still true today. But how come I don't never? You have to start asking uh, better questions. I told you that 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 a lot of times it's not the questions; it's the level of questioning that we ask. We need to ask deeper questions. They say, yeah, if we get this restaurant here, if they come and build a McDonald's or a Hardee's or whatever that Sonic's in our neighborhood, how can we partner with Sonic's to protect it in our neighborhood? How can we make sure that there is no violence that's going to happen? How can we make sure that it's safe for all uh, all patrons who go there? And, and who are the people who are causing this rabble-rousal? Who are the people who are causing this melee? Who are causing the problems whereby whenever we get something in another year, they got to shut it down. You know why? Because, that you know, and, and listen, I sit at tables and sometimes I have to swallow because I hear the conversations that are said. Y'all got quiet. Don't get quiet now. Come closer to the, turn your, turn your volume up. They, I hear the conversations and the viewpoints that they have concerning us. Yeah. And sometimes I can't say anything. Now, I can push back because I got the history and all that. But at sometimes, come y'all, at, at some point, history cannot be our only defense. I understand policies of disenfranchisement. I understand racial, racial and uh, systemic poverty. I understand all of the supremacist language. But... 
but they don't control the individual agency of the people in the community. They do not control that. They, they do not. And we cannot utilize that as an excuse for why we just simply won't do better. Or we not why we, but why we won't have the standard on our side of town that says, hey, if you're going to be a part of our community and we power broking, power brokering to make sure they, they run good streets and get good lighting and get a park here that has the same things they have on the other sides of town, the more affluent sides of town. If, if we can't champion that, if we can't have that without you coming to destroy it, listen, then listen, we'll find some place for else for you to move. We're going to encourage you. To, to to move from our because you are becoming a a, a a a a hindering force to what we're trying to accomplish, and these are the conversations that need be had. These are the conversations, hard conversations. I know these are not easy. What I'm talking about right now, they are not easy conversations to have with us folks, because we will get mad. What you trying to say? No, 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 no. See, see, no. And then what I'm trying to say is what I said. Now, the, the issue is, is where are you trying to place what I said? I said what I said. I said we need to do better. I said we don't need any gang activity. I said that we need to get these guns and get, get guns off the street. And these and these children, they need programming. And I need that when we get programming, I need parents to sign the kids up for them. Whether they want to or not, I need for, yeah, I need them for them to be engaged. That's right. And if you can't do that, if you can't be a viable part of our community, then maybe we need to talk about you moving to another community. Because what we cannot have is your children, your family shooting up the streets in our area. We can't do that. It's not, not and maintain our property value, not maintain all the other, other things that we're trying to do here. See, the power brokers in every community ha have to have that kind of conversation and call it call it what it is. You, we ain't got no programming for our boys. We ain't got no programming for our little girls. And they ain't got nothing else to do but in the street. No, we didn't do that. We didn't have prime programming. We had a dirt road. And then they made it a pebble road. You know, they ain't making paved. You know, I don't think the road is paved now. <laughs> when I went back home the last time, the most corner, they still got them same rocks in the road. But we, no, we we didn't participate in all that because our community was strong. Our parents were strong and they had people. We listened to the power brokers in our community. In that small community on Fennec Drive in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, we listened to them. Across the street was another community, the Wall Street community. And they would have fights over there all the time. The police would always be over there. And the parents like, absolutely not. And they shut that down. Listen. We got to start identifying who these people are. This is the Culture Call with yours truly, Elspeth Smith. You know what it is. Praise 93.3 FM. Keep it right here. We've got much more to come. Don't miss it. This is the world And we are back right here on the Culture Call talking about community power brokers. That's right. How we can identify these amazing men and women both old and young, to move forward our community. And I think we're having a great conversation today because it's very important. I always want to remind us that my job is to make sure that while I'm on this radio and when I live my life every day, that we are, as a black community, not late, last, and or lost. That's important. And we've been talking about, listen, 
some of the decisions that we as power brokers have to make for our community as we begin to sit at important tables because they will be very, very integral in how our communities are shaped in the future. That as we gain access and we have people sitting on various boards, that they're not just sitting there uh, just to have a position or to have a place at the table, but we want to be also be at that table. And the power brokers are the connections between those people and the community. In other words, power brokers are the bridges between city government and access and the people of the community. And it's important that, yes, that the power brokers must have a voice from the community to those people who sit on various city councils and various uh, educational boards and school board systems and all those different kinds of things on behalf of the people of the community. But also power brokers need to be able to communicate from those tables and from those level of uh, those different councils back to the community and say, hey, yeah, I did mention this. And we are in the process of making this happen. But here is what we must do to prepare for that level of change and that level of commodity, economics, financial flow, infrastructure change that potentially can come to the community. That's what power brokers do, that they stand in engagement between the the uh, the the institution and the people, the institutions that ultimately make civic decisions and the people that they affect. And in my last segment, I was making sure that we understood that as the community, as power brokers in our communities, we do have to call our children together. We have to call our communities together, our young people, our old people. We have to call everybody together and say, hey, we're working on this deal. We're working on building this over this side of town. Yeah. And we've heard your voice and we've taken your voice and your concerns and we've sat to the table with the mayor, with the city planners, with 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 the council people, with the rest of the board, because the you have to it's just one person. So you got to convince the rest of the council to agree. Right. <laughs> right. And so that means that that person, that 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 city council person has to have the power of persuasion for their particular side of town. Right. And get the rest to be on board with them. Right. And so there has to be another conversation also had to say, hey, we've got this McDonald's coming on this side of town and it's going to create employment for our young people. It's going to be, you know, that we're putting it in an area where people, you know, they're getting ready to pull the road. And so more traffic is going to start coming through here, you know, a different level of this and that. Yeah. And so. As a business owner, if you're owning a business, you know, you got to, you know, do some infrastructure change. There's some dollars, some small business dollars through the SBA, Small Business Administration, that's available for you to do certain uh, 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 improvements and renovations to your infrastructure, your externals, to your internals, right? So that you can accommodate. We've got a, a new restaurant. We're building, we, they're building a, a, a after hours library on this side of town. And so, yeah, and we've got to be prepared for this. And here is one of the ways, because what we do not want them to say is that we are not worthy and qualified to have this on our side of town simply, simply because how how my grandma would say, we don't know how to act. (laughs) 
And listen, at some point, you, you listen, you know about systemic this and that. But I get it. But that cannot be the only argument that we rest our laurels on, our hind parts on, when it comes to what we as uh, as parents and those who are positioned within the community can control. That they don't want any graffiti and any stolen and torn books in this new library. Now, we don't want any kind of gang activity to happen, any kind of violence to go on at this new playground that they're spending half a million dollars on because it's going to be innovative. We don't want that to be shut down because y'all are riding around here trying to claim territory, trying to figure out who's big and bad, trying to, you know, trying to figure out who's the king of the mountain. No, no, we no, that, that will not happen. Right. We're negotiating with law enforcement that they they do. They be community forces, community people who are a part of this community. But what we won't do is tell them, you know, not to if you get in trouble, guess what? And they can prove it. Let them live. Yeah, we're going to talk to them. Let our children live, but take their behinds to wherever they need to go to get them out of the way of what we're trying to do as our community. See, there are conversations, levels of conversations that got that must be had and understood on the face, not on the back end. As we start this, as we break ground, as we parlay these people to say, hey, yeah, let them see that we believe that there is value in our communities, that we are, you know, doing what we need to do to take care of our properties. Our homes are, you know, are, are, are cared for lawn care and all this. Our shrubs are, are, are all of this. Our shrubs are taken care of. That we're taking care of our community. When I grew up, we didn't have no lawn care. We got outside and mowed the lawn. We got outside and, and trimmed the hedges and planted the flowers. We made our yards look, except they weren't big houses. They weren't three and four or $500,000 houses. But what we had, our parents made sure that we were part of taking care of it. Absolutely, because of our community. And any person in the community that did not take care of their community, listen, they wanted to go to that person's house because maybe they're sick. Something is going on. You ain't mowing your grass, all that kind of stuff. No, uh-uh. we want to know what that is because we're trying to put up a face on our community. And my community, yes, was predominantly, not predominantly, was all black. There were no white people, Hispanic people, wasn't even a thought at that time in our community. No Asian, it was all black. And they had, we had pristine communities. That's right. The kids were, you know, they, 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 sometimes they gave us a little change to go to the corner store to get us money. But listen, it was a part of chores. Uh oh. Did I just use profanity? They were part of chores mowing grass and making sure the the uh the the yard was raked, the leaves were already put and we would burn leaves and all that kind of, that we had to keep the community our houses clean. See, again, that's what I'm talking about. We have to take responsibility and work with those in our community within the context of our communities to be able to say, "Hey, because this is our community." Let me say this again. 
because this is our community. We have to take care of it. We have to take care of our community. And that is a non-negotiable. Let me say it again. That is a non-negotiable. And so, you know, even as we as we understand, you know, all of the, the, the ability and the, the, the benefits of having power brokers in our communities, each and every one of us have to be individual power brokers within the own context and confines of our homes. Absolutely. That we have to make sure that our communities are safe. We have to make sure. See, the only reason when we police our communities, then we can go to the law enforcement that comes into our communities and say, hey, yeah, hey, here's the deal. Yeah, hey, 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 we're policing our communities. We're doing, we're talking to our children. We're making sure that they're safe. So don't you come over here with violence. You be a part in an extension of what we've already established in our communities. Absolutely. Give us something to work with, right? That when the power brokers say, hey, here's the deal. I want to make sure that XYZ ABC, that you don't come over here and rough our children up. We got this. You be an extension. When we call you, that means, listen, when we call you, you come to pick somebody else. You come to pick somebody up. Up. Why? Because we've already set the word out in our communities that if this happens and you're caught doing this and you bring violence and drugs into our communities, no, 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 no. That is unacceptable. So please understand that is a community desire, a community standard. Right. So that when the power brokers do go back to the table and say, hey, our community has made this improvement. We need we need improvement to our schools next year. Then the cities and the political people will be more inclined. What? To provide the funding to come over to our side of the community and watch this. Less people will be trying to get our property for low value to build what they want to build and drive us out of our own communities because they understand that we're going to take care of it ourselves. But it is a partnership. Yeah. I want to make sure that you understand what that place is that we are supposed to have with regards to our community culture call. We cannot just sit idly by and not have a voice. Yes, we need a voice from our community to the city infrastructure, the city the city decision makers. And that's what power brokers are for. Identifying those people that can go to speak for us. There may be times when the entire community has to go and show up. Then we will be our own power brokers. Right? Because they're going to always look for people who we designate to speak on our behalf. And there has to be a conversation to the community to hear what is going on, to understand what the standard is happening for our communities, what they're going to be expecting from us to be a part of the city. Because they are the ones that decide where the funding goes. And we've got to listen. 
and we can't come because listen if they come to us with excuses of why they can't build this and why they can't give us that and why they can't we're not going to accept that well then we can't go back to them with excuses of why we're not doing this and all this we coming up we can't no let's let's make it an excuse free community did y'all get that let's make it an excuse free community if this is what they are saying that we need to do, then guess what? Let's pony up. Let's belly up. Let's do what we have to do to make sure that it is done. You hear me, Culture Call? I know you do. I know that you do. It's important. It is very, very important that we play our part and execute our role successfully so that we can ensure what? That we have strong communities. Yeah, and that's the importance of identifying power brokers. They are the bridge to the political decision makers and to the community. So we must choose wisely who speaks for us, who represents us from our communities to our communities on our behalf. We've got to choose wisely. And we don't have a long time to do it because we're in that cycle right now where we need voices to arise. Absolutely. Listen, this is The Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith. We're coming to the end of another powerful show. And I thank you so much for listening, but I need you to keep it there. I got a little bit more to go. Don't miss it. This is the world where has the time gone? Listen, it has been an amazing day right here on The Culture Call. And I'm telling you, we have had an awesome conversation. Yeah, we've had a, a very strategic one, I think. Yeah, because I want to make sure that our community is positioned properly with proper, proper uh, power brokers to make sure some things happen on our behalf. And I cannot say this enough that... This coming season, this coming year, yeah, year 2024 is going to be a very, very pivotal year, a very pivotal year. And I want you, you and most especially you, to become active in understanding that without you, your community does not work. I don't care what goes on. Without you, your community does not work at all. And our whole objective is to make sure that the community works for everybody, but also with everybody. And so you are an integral part of making sure that your community goes forward. We all belong uh, to different sides of town and with different goals and, and opportunities and ideas and challenges. That's just the reality of living in a community, in a neighborhood. Right. And I'm not saying that you can control everything. That's definitely not what I am alluding to. But what I am saying is that you've got to take interest in the growth and the forward motion of your community. Not just for you and your own household, but your neighbors need that. Don't you think your 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 businesses need it your schools need it yeah schools need it your children everyone needs a proper community to grow up in and again 
I, I still visit. I am in my early 50s now. But I still, in my mind, visit those amazing days with my parents and our community right there on Finnick Drive. That's right. It was a long road from beginning to end in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. I remember that. It was a different kind, a different time then. It wasn't such an individualistic time that we knew that we were a part of our community and that our community had to take care of each other. And that's what I want to leave you today, that if you are a part of a community, you have a responsibility to help take care of everybody in that community. It's not just you by yourself, but everybody counts. Everybody matters. That's how we build strong communities. Listen, like my grandmom and my mama would say at the end of every phone call, I love your bushel, I love your pick, and I love your hug around the neck. This has been the Culture Call right here with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith on Praise 93.3 FM, your inspiration station. Listen, meet me here tomorrow at 10 a.m., all the way from 10 to 12. We're going to have another amazing conversation. I don't want you to miss that. Yeah. Listen, be kind, be sweet to everybody. Try to make an impact in this world and go out and do good. Yeah, be at peace with everybody and have a blessed day. Y'all, be good. Peace.